Steve Weatherford is all in. No matter what he does, he is passionately all in, which is what made him a great football player. He won the Super Bowl with the New York Giants. And um, he was the punter and known as, in fact, at halftime, it's, it's a great story. I'm not going to give it away. He tells it in this uh, interview we do here today on Brave Men. Steve Weatherford, as he says, he, he played in the NFL for 10 years, was on five different teams. But as he said it, he said he got disappointed and discarded five times. In other words, he had the job and then got cut and then got another job. And we got cut, played with the Saints, the Jets, and, of course, won the Super Bowl with Eli Manning and the New York Giants. But the, the shirt that I love that he wears a lot says, Jesus is king. Jesus is king. And uh, Steve Weatherford's uh, a friend and, and a, a remarkable man, young man, and uh, a great inspiration to all of us. He's got uh, a supplement company that uh, that I use the supplements. In fact, I've got to sit right here. And he was um, he was going through some times in his life where he's like, man, I don't know. I've got to, I'm successful. I've got all this stuff going on, and it just doesn't fulfill me. We'll find out the story, how he found fulfillment today on Brave Men. If you uh, if you're discipling somebody, if you're involved in a local church, you want to build a men's movement there, want to raise up strong men, because we know strong men make strong families, strong families make strong churches. Go to cmn.men, Christian Men's Network, cmn.men, all the tools you need to help disciple your son, your children, your family, uh, or in a local church setting, a local uh, community of faith setting, or a local men's group. I, I was just telling, in fact, uh, a couple of friends, I just got the report from Brazil. We've got 7,000 small groups meeting across the nation of Brazil right now with the book Maximize Manhood and a number of the other tools we have. CMN.men, find everything you need there. Today on Brave Men, you'll meet Steve Weatherford. And if you want to get fired up, this is the one to listen to. In fact, this is the one to listen to and listen to again because you'll get fired up uh, inspired and uh, moments of great revelation, which I believe and pray in your life and my life will bring transformation. It's not just about information, is it? We can get a lot of that. That's why the Internet's got tons of information. The transformation comes by the power of Jesus Christ. So here comes the, the guy with the shirt that says, Jesus is King. Here's Steve Weatherford today on Brave Men. It's Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Wisdom and courage for the journey. Talking with Steve Weatherford, and Steve has uh, got an amazing career in athletics, but you've got uh, a lot of things going on in your life, man. It's great to have you here. Great to have you on Brave Men today, Steve. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Um, man, I honor you. You know, thank you for, for having me on this show, but you guys have no idea... Uh, how much pastor has been an encourager for me over the last two years. So wow. I, I honor you, man. Thank you yeah. for, for being Thanks, a guy brother. that like I know is in my corner and doesn't need anything from yeah. me, but just wants to see me grow in so, my faith. Yeah. Amen. And so now you won a Super Bowl with a team that we hate because I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I, my kids grew up in Dallas, right? I grew up in Cali. I was a Rams fan. Okay. So, uh, but, but uh, with the Giants, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you guys had an amazing game, uh, Super Bowl XL 
46. Yeah, 46. I yeah, can't do all XL, that stuff. VI. VI. Yeah. 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 And you guys won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Eli Manning, MVP, second time. Yeah. Crazy. But you won it in the last minute. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, man, it's going to take a full game to be able to beat Tom Brady. You know, and I think probably both times uh, that the Giants defeated them in 2008 and 2012, they were the more talented team. You know, just on that particular day. On paper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think they had had more pro bowlers. They had younger, faster players. But, you know, that's it. That's why you only play one game. That's why it makes it really, really <laughs> yeah, exciting. Yeah, it was yeah. the best of five. Then Yeah, yeah, it might they, be different. They might get us. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was an amazing game. You had a great game. And, mm. and uh, just really good stuff happened for you. That's a fascinating thing when you talk about that. Talented on paper, mm. but on the day of the game. Mm. Sounds like the, 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 uh, those men that turned back in the day of battle. I'm not saying that's uh, about Brady, of course. He's a, he's a warrior. But I'm just saying, in general, we have a tendency to look at talent as the most important thing, don't we? Mm. Well, man, if you look, a lot of people don't know this statistic, but this is actually an interesting statistic that there are more undrafted free agents into the National Football League that have a 10-year NFL career than first-rounders. No. How does that make sense? That is a fact, Jack. Wow. How does that make sense? Because if you're drafted in the first round, you have superior pedigree, superior potential, size, speed, strength, talent, accolades, all the potential. Well, it's a combine. Right. You did all, you had all Everything. the all the metrics. Yeah, they all test the their, metrics. They test your intelligence, your, you know, they look at all of your orthopedics. Oh, so dude, they probably go back to your Apgar score. It's literally <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it's literally um like picking a lottery, like I'm going to invest in this one because I believe this one's going to pan out the best for our team. And they put a lot of money, into a lot them. of money into them. And so my hypothesis from playing the National yeah. Football League for 10 years is a lot of the first rounders get what they wanted and become complacent. Mm. And so I watched because I played long enough. I watched a lot of first rounders come and go and I played on five teams. You know, so Pastor, you got to believe that I'm experiencing a lot of head coaches, a lot of different talents. But every team that I'm on, we have a new crop of first rounders, wow. and you can you can see because every year you're going to get at least one first rounder. Yeah. And I can almost by the time I was in my fifth or sixth year, I could look at the first rounders that were going to have ten year careers and wow. be like Larry Fitzgerald. Right. I mean, that guy was just a consummate pro. Yeah. Or and Calvin Johnson. Yeah. You know, like that yeah, yeah, guy yeah. just he's a, he shows Work, up, worked he every does day, his showed job, up, does his stuff. You know. Oh, and then I, I have an opportunity to play with, uh, and this is not me gunning him at all. I actually honor him. I, I'm, I'm proud of his growth. I'm proud of the man that he is and he's growing mm -hmm. into. But Odell Beckham Jr., yeah. you think about it. The guy gets drafted. He's 20 years old in New York City, millions and millions of dollars and all of the influence in the world overnight right yeah. and that's like that's what all that's what the world wants the world wants like man give me influence give me influence yeah. and if you give me influence i'll build I'll, I'll be responsible only then and then i'll build a relationship with you but the way that jesus wants us to do it is jesus wants to build relationship and be responsible with it and then then we'll have influence with god and man you know what i mean and so for me uh I just played long enough to be able to see some of those common denominators and then some of those success stories. And that would be my hypothesis as to why more 
undrafted free agents, more like Rudy Rudigers, more yeah. guys that shouldn't well, make the here team. Here in Dallas, it's Bill Bates. Yeah. You know, why Why was he here every year? Mm-hmm. Every year. <laughs> every year they go, yeah, well, this is probably his last year. And then he goes. They try to get rid of him. A dozen years, yeah. Yeah. And you did 10 years, man. That's It's unheard of, really, in mm-hmm. some ways, because uh, NFL stands for not for long. I wouldn't say right? it's I wouldn't say ways. it's unheard of, but the percentage of guys that get into the NFL and play one year and then guys that play for ten years plus is a very, very small, small. percentage. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's and a lot of a lot of that has to do with um, staying healthy. Mm. You know, a lot of that has to do with man, every single year you got about two thousand hungry lions. That want your job. They want your job. They wow. want your job, and they'll do anything wow. to get it. And so it really, unless you're a guy that's on a really high guaranteed yeah. contract, and that's only about five percent of the team. So there's about ninety to ninety-five percent of the team that during training camp, you're squeezing your butt cheeks, man, when they're handing <laughs> out because they they do three different yeah. rounds of cuts. And the night before they cut, I mean, we've all been surprised. Right. Um, we've been traded. Like, dude, that guy's gone. Yeah, I'm. A, I I'm mean, traded. I played for 10 yeah. years and it's awesome. And I'm like very proud to say that like yeah. I, I'm in that alumni club, but you know, hear me when I say this, everybody that's listening to this, I've been cut five times. I've been discarded and been the trash five times. Yeah. So it's great for me to sit, you know, here yeah. healthy and fit and almost 40 yeah. years old and six kids. And you know, if you look at my Wikipedia page, it's pretty radical, yeah. but a lot of people don't realize I was discarded as trash five times. The pain I, and I, trauma. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I think that's a that's a really important thing for me to to make sure that I have conversations and I let people know because for the longest time, for I'm 39 years old right now, and for 35 years of that, I tried to hide all of my scars mm. because if I felt like, man, if people knew this about me or that about me or that I created, or that, that I had this coping mechanism or this yeah. addiction, yeah. man, they would all leave my life. Um, and then in the last four years, I feel like God has really restored me. Uh, he's renewed my mind. There were so many different things uh, that I struggled with that I disqualified myself. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're looking about you know, talking about talent on paper, yeah. my yeah. Wikipedia page looked great. But man, if everybody else knew this other, the yeah. dark, the dark the, web, the dark oh, no, web Wikipedia page. It's the self-talk. Yeah. Yeah. It's the negative self-talk. And then, and. You know, because you're appreciated for your talent. And this is where I feel like, whether it's the church or culture, Western culture, we've gone through, everything's based on a metric. Mm. It's your talent. It's your performance. It's this. It's, I mean, even the, the Dow Jones and all that kind of stuff that mm. none of us know anything about. Uh, you know, it's just a bunch of guys out there doing something with the economy that goes up and down. But the fact is, is that it's all based on a quarter system now. Like, mm. like 90 days, you could be in or out, right? Mm. 90 days. Every day, somebody says, well, the Dow went up. And, oh, my gosh, it went down. Mm. All these things, all this performance and all these sorts of things. And how do you keep yourself? How did you? Let me, let me, let's go back to this on Steve. You were, you were uh, highly talented. Went to school in Indiana. Did well in, in all kinds of sports, soccer, uh, track, mm-hmm. right? Football. Uh, you do all these things and you become appreciated for your talent. Mm. Yeah, and you're really at that point cele- celebrated. Yeah. And you don't have to really work on your character because now it becomes the metrics is, you, is your performance. Mm. And we've built a culture on, on that. 
And then we're, it's almost like we're surprised. Well, hey, how come this guy messed up? Mm. How did this happen? Mm. Well, it's because he didn't, hadn't built his character. Yeah. How did that come about? Where were the points that you go, man, you know, how did you deal with, how did you cope with in the negative parts of your life? How did you cope with being cut, being unappreciated? Like guys would say, hey, yeah, love you, man. You're awesome. Mm. <laughs> You're out. Mm. Mm. How did you cope with it? What was, the, what was the thing you were going through at that point? You say you got set free four or five years ago. How were you coping with it in your 20s? Yeah. Um, I believe that's the one area of my life that um, when you talk about what a professional is, yeah. is somebody who's able to control their, their mind, will, and, and emotions for a succinct amount of time. And I believe I did a really good job of compartmentalizing things. Mm. Um, I sustained some, some sexual trauma from a teacher, a male teacher when I was 12. And, um, and it was kind of sink or swim at that point. Cause I was stuck with questions like, um, cause I got saved like six months before that. And so wow. I got saved and then this happened. So I had about six months of like, Oh, okay, great. Like, this is what this is what life is about. Like it's it's yeah. gonna be good, and and now I fit in because Jesus loves me. I know I don't fit in in my family. I know I don't fit in in Sunday school because I got kicked out of Sunday school almost every Sunday. That's the place everybody's supposed to be welcome, right? <laughs> yeah. But but I got saved at at 12 years old. Six months later, um, two different times, a, a teacher uh, did things to me that. Wow. He should never do yeah. to anybody, much less a little boy. Um, and that, that spun me out into like, man, if God is, God loves me and, and he wants to save me, how could he ever let something like this happen to me? Mm. So I had questions about God. I had questions about, well, since this happened, uh, does this make me gay? Can mm -hmm. God, could God still love me? Um, and so the question, I'll circle back to your question, how did you handle getting cut? How did yeah. you handle getting beat in track? How did you handle, right. if, you, if you're telling me, Steve, that your self-worth was tied up in, can I win or not? How did you handle losing or being discarded and cut? Well, I learned at 12 years old how, how to compartmentalize feelings and emotions and to put them into like the basement of my life, yeah. you know, and hide them away and, and just win. You know, and that, that can only take you so far. Mm -hmm. And it and it took me up into my 30s. But at a certain point, if you check off enough boxes, and I had four goals um, as a 13-year-old kid. I remember walking into the dentist's office, picking up a muscle magazine, and it just sparked all of these dreams for me. I decided in that moment, one day I want to be on this muscle magazine cover. Um, I knew that I wanted to be a dad. I wanted to be a world champion or an Olympic champion, mm -hmm. and I wanted to become a pro athlete. Those are wow. four really clear goals yeah. for myself. Um, I achieved all of them. Did them. By 32 years old. Wow. And then you realize, I don't feel any different. I've become um, a world champion. You know, I've, I've signed a contract that made me a millionaire in a day. Yeah. So you more than I ever could have asked or imagined, but because I had a God-sized hole inside of me, um, and then I had a whole basement full of addictions, coping mechanisms, toxic mindsets. So that's what it was. In other words, you built, see the problem with compartmentalizing and men do this is that those compartments leak. Oh, buddy. 
Well, it's not even that they leak. Just think about like pornography. Um, for me, that was like, okay, I got rid of this problem. And then that was the next problem. But there was the one thing that I didn't let anybody else know about that was like my trusted friend. Yeah. And that was yeah. pornography. But it's to, to what you said, leaking. It wasn't leaking for me. It was almost like you put like you put it in the corner. If it's there long enough, it will start to create mold. And yeah. then like, you know, you got yeah. like a, a venting system in, in your, uh, in your yeah. basement. And it's almost like it takes the, just that little bit of mold. But then it, I've got a family. Then it starts to, to get into your, your wife's room, yeah. your room. It gets into your bedroom and ruins yeah. your sex life. It ruins your intimacy. Yeah. It, it ruins not just intimacy uh, physically, but like how much she trusts you. Yeah. Um, then it gets into your daughter's room and your son's room because it changes who you are. And it really starts to, it's almost like moving, moving to a different state when you have a family. There's going to be like new allergies. Well, this is, this is something that every single person is allergic to. It's a poison. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I'm not cheating on my wife. It's a lesser of two evils, but it's still evil. And so like if, if the, the men listening to this right now really want to be like the best version of yourself and the best leader that you can be, you have to stop right now making decisions between good and evil. Like put that aside, man, like you should be making decisions between what's good and best and choosing best yeah. every single day. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're listening to this podcast, you know, good and evil, you know, the commandments, you know, yeah. enough of the scriptures to live right. But, but you and I need to stop disqualifying ourselves before we even start this thing out. Yeah. We know the right thing. James, the half brother of Jesus said, the reason you do wrong is because you don't do right. And you already know what the right thing is. You know, we've got the witness of Christ in us. And particularly if you're listening to this and you're a follower of Christ, you've you've already got that sense. C.S. Lewis talked about it in his his book, Mere Christianity, and he talked about that there's a moral law. How did he come to Christ? He, He began to see that if it's wrong to take somebody's stuff in Indonesia, and it's wrong to take it in the UK, and it's wrong to take it in Iceland, why is it wrong? Why isn't there a place where it's okay? Yeah. And he began to see there was an overarching moral law. And he found out, basically, he discovered through that search that it was called the kingdom of heaven. Mm. And that it, had, that it had identity and definition. And it, had, uh, it was a person. And he goes, oh. And that's how, that was his. And then J.R. Tolkien, of course, talked to him and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, but that coping thing, the, the, the issue is what you do, what you put in your heart, you'll eventually do with your hands. Mm. Mm. Now, I've got guys that tell me all the time, you know, th- that you've got this, you've got this uh, pornography. Let's just take that. And, and uh, there's so many different addictions. I mean, hobbies can be an addiction, right? Gan- in the same way that gambling is. There's all sorts of things that can be addictions. But the fact is, is that, is that what you allow to define you determines your destiny. And you carry that in your heart. And so that thing in your heart uh, Proverbs 4 says, guard your heart because from your heart comes your life. So what you put in your heart is what you'll do with your hands. And that's why so many guys look at you and go, Steve, I have no idea how I ended up here. Mm. I have no idea how this happened. I, 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 I can't, I don't even know how. Okay, well, let's track this back. You're doing this with your hands. And the problem is, is that that's, that's the issue with the metrics and, and performance is that we judge everybody based on their hands. Mm. God looks at us based on our heart. Right. Because that's who we really are. Mm. So we look at a man 
based on his, let's say he's an executive and he's doing well and he's got the company going right and everything's going good, but he's, but he's jacked up in this other area. Eventually, this area, whether it's alcohol or pornography, whatever it is, is going to end up in this. And people say, I wonder what happened to that guy. I wonder why that guy spun out. Mm. wonder why this thing tipped. You know, it could be, uh, it's like the guys who ran Enron. And they just, they just had, they were lustful spirits. Man, they killed it for a decade. Mm. People like on the covers of magazines and everything else. But their heart was lustful. Mm. And they ended up tipping over into that. Now, you ended up on the cover of Muscle Fitness and all kinds of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, I was able to, to check all of those off. And the one thing that was important to me is I didn't want to, like, reach out to Muscle and Fitness and say, like, I want to be on your <laughs> magazine. It required me becoming the fittest man in the NFL, not once but twice before I got the invitation to do it. So um, the reason that I mentioned those things isn't, like, me doing a humble brag. It's for yeah, me yeah. to really connect with everybody on here. I know that we've all had, like, goals or, yeah. or, or we've set our sights on things. Um, and maybe we've achieved some of them or all of them. I mean, maybe you haven't achieved any of them at all and you went in a completely different direction in your life. Well, I just want to speak from a place of I did check those boxes and it didn't shift anything inside of me. The, like it didn't the, fill that. Yeah, the yeah. most um, the most depressing night of my life, um, I thought was going to be the greatest night of my life. You, you alluded that I had a really good game in the Super Bowl. It was yeah. the greatest game of my life, actually. Yeah. There's still a Super Bowl record. And here's the deal, dude. I'm a punter. Um, so how much impact can you really have? Um, well, I had four punts, and all four of them were inside of the 10-yard line. Mm -hmm. That really drastically makes uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady rethink and have to retool the plays that they were going to call. And I say that to say, after my first punt, it was down at the two-yard line, and we got a safety the very next play. Um, so I had a massive impact on that game to the point where at halftime, this is a humble brag, and I, I, <laughs> I, I think it's cool. Let's go for it. Chris Collinsworth. And, uh, and Al Michaels, the guys that do the game. They were the calling game. the game? Yeah, they were calling the game at halftime. They said, I don't think we've ever said this before, but if we voted for an MVP at halftime, it'd be the punter, Steve Weatherford. Wow. And normally during the game, we have the TVs on yeah, 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 with yeah. the sound off in the um, in the locker in room. The locker room yeah. But it's the Super Bowl, so we want to be focused and everything. And I found this out later. Man, I'm so glad that you didn't know that, that I didn't hear that because if they would have said that at halftime, bro, I'm, I'm telling you, Pastor, I'd have had to change uh, my pants. Would have killed you, yeah. Wow, you know. So yeah. I really had an incredible game, um, and it was 47 miles from where I yeah. from where I grew up. It was yeah. in Indianapolis. I'm from Terre Haute, so I got my grandma there, my mom, my dad, my brothers, my sister, their kids, just everybody that I love. I think I spent 20 grand in tickets. Yeah, and I think I spent more money on tickets Worth than it. I made in the game. But the point <laughs> is, is everybody was there that that mattered to me. And I had the greatest game of my life. So literally, you couldn't paint this picture yeah. better. So I remember holding the Super Bowl trophy and sharing it with my family and then going to the after party. And, you know, you got Kenny Chesney playing a private show for the team yeah. and like, oh, just crazy out of this world. And um, and then I remember going back to my hotel room. And even though you won the Super Bowl because the you want to protect the shield. You don't want guys bringing random chicks back to your room. No yeah. women on the floor. So I went back to my room about 2.30 in the morning. I remember sliding my key card 
and walking into my room and it being exactly how it was when I left before I became a world champion. And I walked up to the window and I was on about the 17th floor and I remember looking down at Circle City, which is an area, a real trendy area of um, Indianapolis and everybody's down there. It looks like Mardi Gras. They're partying and you see all different kinds of NFL um, jerseys and people celebrating and drinking and just having the best time and so happy. And I realized, you know, I took a deep breath. And before I could get that full breath out by myself for the first time, this huge wave of depression came over me mm. because I realized I did it all and it didn't shift anything in me. I wow. don't feel better. I don't feel different. And this was actually way better than I ever could have dreamed or imagined. Yeah. Um, and that was why I believe after at that moment, I knew that my time in the NFL was numbered because I, I didn't believe that there was anything inside of that sport or industry or adventure that was going to fix that God side hole inside mm. of me. And that really began like a vision quest for me that lasted um, about two and a half years. And then I had like a really powerful God moment and I've never been the same. Clint Gresham, who's a mutual friend, uh, played with Seattle, long snapper. He said he remembered sitting in the training room about two months after they had won the Super Bowl with the Seahawks. And, and he said, uh, one guy looked over at him, he said, uh, he said, man, I, uh, I, I thought it would be different. He just looked at him and said, I thought it would be different. <clears throat> and Clint said, told us, he said, you know, what he was really saying is I thought it would fulfill me mm-hmm. as a man. Mm-hmm. I thought like it would qual- qualify you to to, yeah. to have authority over. I thought it would something. be this thing that changed how I felt about myself. Yeah. What was the God experience that happened to you, Steve? So um, I had that moment, yeah. and then probably a month after that, I got a five-year deal for thirteen million dollars, yeah. and I wasn't even expecting or dreaming of that. That wasn't even on my vision board. You got right? franchise tag. Yeah, like and I got franchise tag. Yeah, people may not know what that is, but like you definitely a, don't franchise tag a punter. Yeah. Every team gets one franchise tag, and that essentially means there's one player that's going into free agency that won't be on your team next year that you can kind of trap on your team. Yeah. And we had 28 champion world champions that were going into free agency, and all, all 28 of those stallions, they chose me. So like, man, like, dude, how, how much more qualifying yeah. could you be as a punter? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in New York City. And mm-hmm. like, you know, you go to your ring ceremony at Tiffany's and yeah, I mean, all that dude, stuff. Yeah. unbelievable yeah. pastor. So um, sorry, I didn't want to take that in the wrong direction. No, no, no. No, it's good. So the, what was the God experience? Uh, the, so the God experience, thank you for putting me back on track. So we had that moment. And um, so I played out four more years. Um, that was 10 years in the NFL. And then. I really just knew that football was not going to do it for me. So I thought, like, maybe I'm supposed to get into media and use my voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, because during my career, I'd done quite a bit of TV and radio um, in the off seasons because it was in New York City. Yeah. It was so yeah. easy, accessible. And so I had built up a good network of people, got a great job, had my own TV show, ESPN, primetime drive in New York City, millions and millions of listeners. Um, did that for a year and a half and just so unfulfilled because I realized I thought I was going to be able to use my voice because I had a microphone, right. but, I, but yeah. I had a boss telling me what I could and couldn't talk about. And so I kind of like left the NFL because I didn't want to be in that. And now I put myself back in it. And so I ended up um, moving to San Diego after two years of doing media. And I got plugged into a church called 
uh, it's awakened church yeah. now. Our uh, great friends. Yeah, and I love yeah. them. I love them so much. Originally, and Mathesius. Yeah, he's been on Brave Men. Okay, yeah, good, he's good. Brilliant communicator. Yeah, so I honor him. I love him. Um, him and Dr. Matt have really shifted and changed things for me because I grew up in church. Um, and I'm setting the preface for my, my radical God moment. Yeah. So just if you'll just bear with me. So I honor them, but the reason that I that I honor them for specific, you know, part of my spiritual journey was um I had grown up in religion and always felt really bad about who I was mm. and that I was like damaged. And like, I knew that I wasn't gay at this point. Mm. Um, but I thought like I was damaged and I was dirty and like, man, I've God's just not interested in somebody like me, you know, yeah. because of that, I had, you know, Percocet problems, drinking problems, womanizing problems, like literally anything that can make gambling, anything that can make fireworks go off it, in my brain. Yeah, 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 Buddy, I was after the dopamine, dopamine. hit. Yeah. Looking for the dopamine yeah. hit. So. What you needed was an oxytocin hit. Yeah, right. So I say those things to say, I got plugged into that church and that was a spirit-filled church. Yeah. And, um, and you could feel tangibly, you could feel God in the room. Mm -hmm. And I'd never really been a part of like worship where the, actually you felt God in your presence. It was more like, read the words like yeah. everybody else next to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Don't move around, sit on your hands. You know, I, I remember being in church and getting, you know, and I honor my dad, but I needed it, but getting smacked in the back of the head. So I'd stop like tickling the girl in front of me. Yeah. Um, so I and that was when you were 28. <laughs> no, <laughs> my maturity level yeah, about yeah, lines yeah. up that way. Um, but so this this church really introduced me to the Holy Spirit. And what I mean when I say that, as you guys listen to this, is I love my dad, and my dad raised me the best that he could be. He wasn't really equipped, you know, to give me words of affirmation mm -hmm. and be super cuddly. And, um, and so I felt like there were, well, affirmation doesn't have to be cuddly. Yeah. It just has to be affirmation. Right. Right. Yeah. So it has to fill that. Right. So, thing in you. Yeah. so my dad was an amazing father, but he was an old school dad and he bought my first car for me at 16 years old. And, wow. and the way that I kind of helped to paint the picture in my mind of what religion with God is, and what relationship with God is, is, man, I remember driving this 1986 Cadillac Fleetwood Broham. Dude, this was like a freaking boat, but all my buddies wanted to roll with me and it was crispy. We bought it from a guy that went blind. So this thing was so choice, Pastor. And I remember busting a U-turn about three months into having this car because one of my buddies was walking on the sidewalk going the other direction. And the next thing that I hear and feel is crunch. And this is what religion is. When you and I make a mistake, and we're like, oh, my dad's going to kill me. Mm. You know, that's the first thing I thought to myself yeah. was I got to call my yeah. dad. He's going to freaking yeah. kill me. Yeah. Relationship with God is making the very same mistake. But as soon as you hear that crunch, you think to yourself, I got to call my dad. He's going to yeah. know what to do. Yeah. Um, and that was powerful for me because I was always like running for God, running from God, feeling disqualified from God. Mm. This now was like that welcomed me in so I could heal things that I had mm. had compartmentalized because yeah. I didn't want God to know about him, even though I knew he knew about him. <laughs> um, and I know that doesn't make it's sense, like, but no, I know that people listening to me are, they're picking up dude, what I'm putting yeah, down in Jesus name. <laughs> I mean, Adam, Adam, uh, it says Adam hid from God. And now this is a guy who actually talked to God, walked with God, mm. created by his hands had Eve created out of the side of him. Mm -hmm. And yet he still thought, because he was human, he still thought he could somehow hide 
And when God said to him, where are you? It wasn't about his location. It mm. was about his mindset. Yeah, yeah. It was, where are you, Adam? You know, what? what's going on, man? What happened mm. to your head? It wasn't like, where are you? You're... And, uh, and, and so that, that, uh, so at the church, mm-hmm. at Awakened Church in San Diego, you had a, an awakening. So, so yeah, p- picking that back up. So after I had, like, I experienced church and, and I experienced that perspective of God in relationship, I started bringing my family. I said, we're going to go to church now. This is what, this is what we're going to do. I don't exactly know it, but this is different. And, uh, so we started going and we started listening and, you know, getting plugged in and things like that. And about a year, a half, year and a half into that, somebody invited me to men's prayer and I'm like, all right, I'll go to men's prayer. It's at Tuesday morning at 5:30 AM. Uh-huh. So everybody uh-huh. that's there has got to pay a price to be there. It's not like something of convenience. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll, it's not a real kumbaya. No, no. Yeah. It's not like, Hey, if I have time, I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll swing through. Nobody's up at 4:30 and swinging yeah. through anywhere. So my point is, is everybody there was paying a price. And, uh, and it was just that next layer of relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And so I really started leaning into that for six months. And then somebody invited me to go to Emerge, which is their big men's mm-hmm. conference. So mind you, as you guys are listening to this, I was about two years into really pursuing God, pursuing relationship with God. So this thing didn't happen overnight. No, you know, it's a process, this is a, this is a faithfulness thing. I kept going yeah. back. I didn't understand it, but I kept going back. I kept going back and there were, I'd have a bad month, but I keep going back. I was just, I, I wanted to treat this, this vision quest of, of unlocking this spiritual component of my life, the same way I did my physical fitness or my mental, you know, authority that I have over myself. Cause I don't play 28 seconds a game seven pl- seven seconds per game really is that what it is yeah dude i'm the highest paid person you've ever had on per this show second. ever and i for, for eternity per i will minute. Be. think about it i played four and i don't want to get derailed here but i played 4.3 uh, plays per game and about seven seconds per and i saw i played 28 seconds per game <laughs> they paid me way too much money for that uh, so i don't want to get this derailed. We'll, we'll come I'm back doing to the that. math yeah so so I was really pursuing God oh. um, for two years. I got the invite to Emerge, and I go to Emerge, and at this, and, and I'm, now I'm letting you guys know my powerful God moment where everything changed. Um, and it was four years ago in the desert in Southern California in my church, Awaken. And if you're listening to this, man, this is an incredible event for you guys to possibly check out next year. Um, but this event... This is my Bethel. You know, this is like the place I'll always keep going back to because I believe that God will continue to reveal to me there. Um, Very special place to me. So we get there and they give every single person, and I got special permission for my 11-year-old son to come with me. So they give every single one of us, and we sleep in tents. It's three days out in the desert. So they give every person a two-by-four with a string attached through both sides Mm -hmm. that you kind of put over like a backpack. And they said when they issued it to us, we want you to write down everything that you brought into this desert that you want God to take away. So I took this thing. I'm like, dude, I need a freaking hour and a half, (laughs) you know? Uh, But I just simplified it, man. I wrote down porn. I wrote down pills. I wrote down lust. Um, I wrote down worthiness because I didn't Mm. feel worthy of God's Mm -hmm. love. Even after this pursuit for two years, I still didn't. Um, So I wrote these things down. And so you're wearing it on your back, dude. You saw a lot of porn, alcohol, you know, unforgiving. Yeah, you saw, no, it, you saw it all. So we're all, times, yeah. yeah, we're all carrying it around. And the very first speaker that comes up, we're in this tent of 2,000 people. And I'm sitting about midway back, Pastor. And Pastor Jurgen announces the first speaker, says his name, Keith Kraft. He walks out. I don't think anything of it. And then he speaks into the microphone. And I'd never experienced like a lightning bolt of God. Yeah. But as soon as he spoke into that microphone... 
like, I recognize that voice. But it, but to me, it wasn't like, oh, that's a familiar voice. It was like more than familiar, like, mm. like dad's voice. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like, Phew. and my skin started vibrating. And I got really warm, but in a comforting way. Wow. And I'm like in the twilight zone. I look at my buddy that invited me to come and I'm like, Nick, his name's Nick Unsworth. And I'm like, Nick, what's this guy's name? And he goes, uh, he looks at the program, he's like, um, Keith Kraft. I'm like, so I Google the name, and the first picture that pops up is him breaking bricks yeah, when he's and bending power, a bar over his stuff. head with yeah. power team. And I didn't share this earlier, yeah. but that's when I got saved. Wow. You know, my parents took me to church my whole life, but I felt disqualified from their faith. But when I saw Keith breaking bricks and bending bars, I'm like, wait a minute that guy's a Christian because he was bold and he was yeah. courageous, but he's yeah, also yeah. crying on the stage. Yeah. I'm like, Whoa, yeah. I cry a lot. Wait a minute. So you were in a power team meeting when you were a kid? Yeah. So I saw the power really? team when I was 11. Get out of here. That's when I got saved. You're kidding. Yeah. At 12 years That's old, amazing. I got saved and Keith was the front man. Right. So then yeah. I, yeah. I go to this well, I had number of friends that were in there. Yeah. So I go to my, I'm sure that you do. You probably wow. know all of them. So I go to this first men's conference that I've been to as an adult because in the yeah. NFL, dude, we're, we're working on Sundays so you guys can enjoy right, the entertainment right, right, after right, church, right? Yeah. So I hadn't been for a long time. And, um, and he's up there with his son and he's speaking this message. And I don't remember one word because my mind is like his voice. Like mm. all I could like, I wow. could just feel like God, right? Wow. And um, so he got done speaking and I ran up to the front and there was like, everybody went to go mob him because it's like a circus tent. So I'm grabbing people by the back of the necks, <laughs> biblically just throwing them out of the way. And I, and I get up to him. I'm like, Pastor Keith, because everything is clicking to me as he's yeah, speaking. Yeah. I'm like, Pastor Keith, you're wow. never going to believe this, but I got saved when I was 12 in Baton Rouge, Louisiana at Comet Baptist Church on this date. You did it. Um, and because of that, not only did I get saved, but like it gave me permission to start lifting weights. It gave me permission to be radical and bold. It gave me permission to want to go out there wow. and, and drive a nice car because I always felt bad that I wanted the things that everybody at my church right. were like. So it was really permission Piety. giving seeing him. Yeah. But then it was also it was like a snapshot of what's possible. Right. Wow. But the radical thing was, is you go forward. And then I saw him again and he's 60 years old or 59 years old at the time. And I'm like, dude, he's still possibility because I could tell this is what was so inspiring is he was still on the same principles. Yeah. He was still speaking the same yeah. language. Building he, his life. And you could on tell he was living it that values way. Values and principles of right? the word of God. Yes. Yeah. So character versus talent. Unbelievable. Yeah. So I experienced that. So I said all those things to him and he's like, oh my gosh, okay, like send me a message on Instagram. So I'm walking back to my chair and I feel like I'm walking on clouds. I'm mm. like, cause I'm realizing in this moment, not only is God real, like for real, real, yeah. that he's good and he's working all things together yeah. because I knew that I got saved 25 years yeah. earlier. So it was 25 years, exactly 25 years. Wow. And I get back to my chair and I'm like, Nick Unsworth. Now, mind you guys, I brought my son to this, this place and I go up to Nick. I'm like, Nick, you're never going to believe this. And I begin to unpack the story to him mm. and his eyes are getting bigger and bigger. Wow. And then I paused halfway through and I'm like, wait a minute, where's my son? I realized I didn't... <laughs> Um, where's my son? And he looks at me, he goes, Oh my gosh, you're never going to believe it. He points up at the front. And my son's like this. Oh, wow. He's down there praying, receiving, the no, 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 no. Receiving Jesus for the first time. Wow. How old was he? 
Yeah. 11. 11. The same age that I was when wow. I received Jesus. And it was the same pastor that wow. inspired him to do it. Oh, come on, man. So that was the radical God moment that wow. I was like, whoa, you know, because here's the deal. I was pursuing God for two years mm-hmm. and I was looking for, you know, like, man, like, like, show me your real, show me that, like, you've had my back all this time. Yeah. And when that happened, I was like, okay. Maybe I'm supposed to learn something from this guy. Mm-hmm. Not more, not more than just a moment. I feel like maybe some people listen to this. If, you know, maybe you've had a moment where you're like, "Man, God is real," and then like a week later, you like disqualified yeah, that it was like God, or maybe you yeah. saw somebody overcome something, then you know that was God was involved. And as time goes on, it starts to fade. Um, I didn't want that to be this, and right. I said, "I'm supposed to pursue Him." And so I said, what does it look like to like get coached by you or mentored by yeah. you? And he, he told me the price. I'm like, oh, man, all right. So I paid the price and it was it was good. You know, it was a, a lot. When I say good, yeah, 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 it was yeah. a, it was a yeah. high amount. And I knew that I was like, all right, this guy's not playing games. No. So one one hour per month, every 30 days, he would give me things for for me to become more aware of, for mm-hmm. me principles for me to install into my life. He 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 gave me the parameters um, to go and have uh, conversations with my wife to help us install core values, yeah. a mission statement. Yeah. What are our non-negotiables? What are, you know, what are the standards that we live by? And as I began to map all these things out, my finances shifted and I was already like, I did good in the NFL, but yeah. I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. And I certainly didn't tithe 10% of what I was making when I was right. making all that money. I tithe, but it was like yeah. what I thought maybe, yeah, you know, felt good. right. So, um, just teaching me these kingdom principles and I'm implementing them and things are shifting, things are growing in areas that they've been stuck for a long time. I'm not talking about just finance. I'm talking yeah, about yeah, my yeah. marriage, dude. Hear yeah, me when I say this, man, marriage. And I really grew in there because that I feel like the marriage, your marriage is your ultimate test is if you can, yeah, well, if you yeah. can lead your marriage, I think so. you can lead anyone yeah. or you can lead anything. And, yeah. and Dr. Matt, and I honor Dr. Matt Hubbard, um, one of the quotes that I'm often reminded of and challenged by is your wife is a reflection of your husbandry. Yeah. You know, um, I think it's great that men go out and build businesses and build mm-hmm. their bodies and do all these mighty and great things for the kingdom. But if your wife is at home and she's, she's weak, when yeah. I say weak, like yeah. she doesn't have vision, she doesn't have hobbies, she doesn't have joy, she doesn't have connectedness, she doesn't have friends, because she's just holding it down while you're conquering the world. But yeah. I'm, I'm not impressed with you. No, you know you're yeah. incomplete. Coach Bill McCartney years ago, who uh, started PK, and and my dad was actually a mentor to him as he was doing that. But yeah. uh, but Coach Max said one day he said, you know, he said your wife's face is a reflection of your heart. Mm. Mm, well, cool. dude, that is, that's a hard saying, but it's kind of like what Jesus would do. He, he would divide the crowd by, by saying things that were difficult and people would go, man, that's a little hard saying I'm out. It's not, it's not comfortable enough. It, 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 so I'm talking with Steve Weatherford. Steve Weatherford has uh, Veritas uh, and you've got fitness products. I use your, uh, the Veritas greens. Yeah. You know, I got some Thank right here. You. Yeah. I love that stuff. I actually yeah. sent some to Pastor Jurgen. Uh, oh, a couple good. weeks ago. So, dude, you know, you yeah, need to I'll, make sure you have I'll, this stuff. I'll need to do that. Thank you for blessing yeah, So I'll I did that. that too. But um, uh, tell me, the, where, what's the website for Veritas? So for you can, you can um, 
I guess the easiest place is going to be for you to go to weatherford5.com. I'm sure you guys can probably put a, right. Weatherford5 a, 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 a link in the show yep. notes for that. Um, and also probably the best place to get a hold of anything and everything that I'm doing is going to be Instagram. You know, also, I'm going to share at the end of our time, if you if you would, I'd love to share a resource. I'd like to to share a resource with everybody and they can we'll do take, it right now and then, and then we'll keep going. No, no, we can do it at the end. OK, it makes a little more sense at the you, end. Yeah. yeah, you're in charge. Yeah. The, no, I'm not. I'm here. I'm here to serve. And I feel like I've, I've got a resource. I've got a resource that's going to help do. OK, um, really what I feel like this podcast is built to do a conversation yeah. you and I had before yeah. we got on here. Yeah. Is, uh, you know, we were talking about Bob from from Flagstaff. Yeah. He said this podcast changed the way I think. Yeah. And ultimately, Mindset. that's the greatest thing that you and I can can do for other men through this conversation is to sh challenge and shift the way that they, the, the way we think they think that's what brave men is about. That's because what the podcast if you is about. Shift how mm -hmm. they think you're going to shift how they be. And then yeah. you're going to shift how they do. Yeah. Your definition determines your decisions. Yeah. All behavior is based on belief. Mm. Right. Mm. So, uh, okay, let me go back to it. Let me, I'm going to go to a different thing. Steve Weatherford, Super Bowl champion with, uh, the New York giants, Played with the Jets, number of other teams, 10 years in the NFL, uh, high school, college, all kinds of athletics. But really, I guess the most, the proudest you would be of your achievement is the photo you take every Sunday. What photo do you take every Sunday? Oh, I take a, a picture of my family. That's funny. Nobody's ever asked me that before. Um, but yeah, I take a picture of myself, my wife, and all six of my children right before we walk into church because they've got childcare like right when we walk in. So I know I'm gonna dump three kids over here, three come to church with me. And uh, the reason that I do that isn't to be funny or to put something on social media. I do yeah. share it every Sunday to just let people know uh, this is a standard that the Weatherfords live mm -hmm. by. And the reason that we do it is it's a standard of God. So we're, we're doing our best to be a righteous family. But the ultimate vision is when all of my children leave my house, because when it first started, it was just my wife and my son wow. and I, and the picture, more people have been added to the picture, but now my son is about to turn 15 in November. Wow. So now his face is starting to change and he's starting yeah. to get thinner and he's yeah. almost, he's almost six feet tall now. So, and my daughter is 12 and she's about to go through the changes of a yeah. woman soon. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to be really cool. I don't think, I know it will be really cool to watch my family in that picture kind of transformationally grow like in a time lapse. Yeah. And then it'll also get smaller. Yeah. You know, I mean, think about it like, oh, for, no, it, you know, it, for you and Judy, yeah. you know, you, you it gets smaller and then it gets bigger. Right. That's what yeah, I mean. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I so plan you, to also do that. Exactly. it. So all of a sudden you've got this, all of a sudden they're off to college and then, then that photo every Sunday is going to get smaller. Yeah. And then they're going to meet somebody, yeah. you know, husband, wife, but whatever. But you have to keep taking then, a picture with your wife. Bigger. Yeah. And then, and then grandkids come along, which yeah. is uh, the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Yeah. So, uh, but Veritas, the, the Weatherford Five, by the way, so everybody can follow on Instagram. It's Weatherford Five. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's O-R-D, Weatherford Five, just Weatherford Five, Weatherford Five. And uh, on there, <laughs> one of the things you post a lot is uh, working out, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Because you are fit. You. And you get stuff checked out. I mean, you like you, you did a whole blood thing earlier mm -hmm. this year, like a whole workup, right? Yeah, I'm super scientific like about you're, it. I've been doing it for a long time, yeah. so I'm not guessing anymore. Right. So yeah. when we talk about your supplements, it's not your guesswork. Hey, this no. could be good for you, whatever. No. This I know, stuff really works. I know I look like a gym bro, you know, because I have like an earring and blonde uh, hair and all this uh, stuff. Um, 
this is this is what I wanted to be when I was a little kid. And now I don't have a boss, so I just be it. Um, but don't let that fool you. You know, I'm super scientific with my approach. No, I can tell. Um, yeah. I, I do a, um, two or three of the things that I do that I would recommend everybody doing this, especially if you're over 28 years old, right. is to be getting your blood tested at least every six months. I do it every 120 days, so I do it three times per mm -hmm. year. And just to see where, not just your testosterone, but see where all of your levels are at because you can make natural adjustments through diet, through exercise, through sleeping. You can shift some of the different things that you're eating and really recalibrate your blood work. That's one thing that I would do. I'd also get a DEXA scan, which is essentially for about anywhere from 60 to a hundred bucks. What is that? What's a, what's the that? DEXA scan is essentially, it's like an MRI of your whole body. It takes, wow. you don't, they don't put you in a tube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You lay on a table that's just about like this and yeah. they have an arm that passes over you and it scans every portion of your body. And it'll tell you how much muscle mass you have in your left versus your right. Wow. How much bone density that you have in your, your right femur versus your left femur. Mm. And so as you shift and change the foods that you're eating right. and, the, and the stimulus of the training that you're giving yourself and how you're recovering, you can literally watch the correlation to how it reduces body fat in different areas of your body. Because if you look at your blood work and you're like, oh my gosh, my cortisol levels, my mm -hmm. stress hormone is super high. I'm either too stressed out or I'm not sleeping enough. And for most of us, we don't sleep enough. No, America's, enough. you know, I, I always say the, the world's run by tired men. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, basically. Yeah. Well, think of some we of the most elite elite operators that we have like navy seals people yeah. that we trust to make the most you know split second most important decision they'll stay up for 36 hours yeah you know and it's the same thing for yeah. think about like our president like a, not this president a good president <laughs> would would be willing to stay up for 36 hours during a uh, war yeah, yeah. and make right. a wartime yeah, yeah. decision Winston churchill guys like that this guy's going to be asleep by 8 p.m we don't need to get into that but yeah. the point is um I'm, I'm very intentional right. and very strategic with my physical fitness and with my mental fitness because I like, I don't want to say I mastered it, but I became guru status by right, 30 right, right. because of my profession. Like right. I said, 28 seconds per game, homeboy, you better make them count because yeah. it's not like football or it's not like baseball where you can go like, oh, three out of four on your kicks or your punts and yeah, yeah, you're going to be an all-star. Yeah. No, you go you, three out of four, you don't have a job no, on Monday. No, you don't have a job. My I contract know. wasn't guaranteed, so I became like Bruce Lee mental. And then from a physical capability, like I've, I've mastered areas of that as well. What's the most important thing I can do? Uh, you know, of course, I'm older than most guys listening, but what's the most important a guy thing a guy can do, let's say 30 years old mm -hmm. or above mm -hmm. for his health right now? Is, is it I would say, is it sleep working out? What I mean, what's the well, sleep is always going to be number one. Diet's always going to be is sleep. Is sleep a, a constant number or is it different for different people? Well, I think it's different for different people, but you need to know what your number is. And a lot of people don't know what their number right. is. Um, I wear this band right here. It's called a whoop band. Yeah. Um, and it's essentially, it's a, it's a strain tracker. Like how hard is my day? Not just from training. Like if I actually do like you do, yeah. if I'm training people that actually takes a ton of energy out of me mm -hmm. because it's a lot of impartation. It's a lot of like really, really being locked in and never relaxing that can 
look, I can look at my app and be like, wow, today like really, really wore me out. Yeah. Um, and then also conversely, when you sleep, you might get nine hours of sleep, but man, if you had like two or three glasses of wine the night before, you're going to learn really fast how negatively that impacts that, your sleep. Yeah. And that allows yeah. you to do what ultimately you're, you're equipping men to do, um, spiritually and physically. I'm also doing that physically through this because you need to be able to lead yourself if you think that you're going to lead everybody, anybody else. But people, men, don't know how to lead their physical fitness, and that's the yeah. gateway to any type of personal development. We have we have left fitness out of yeah. any talk about faith. Yeah, we're restoring that. Let's go. Right? We've done that for, for decades. And in fact, it came to a point, it, it, it became a, kind of a thing. And I'm trying to remember who, who it was that said it, but it was one of the fathers in the faith from about 75, 80 years ago. And he said, one of the negative things that's happened in our culture, and this is years ago he said this, is it has become a point of faith that a man exhausted himself for the gospel. Yeah. And for me, I'm looking at it saying, yeah, and he wasn't around for his grandkids. Yeah. You know, because of that. And so my deal is, is that uh, we've got to be fit. It also makes you more alert. So I wore a Fitbit for, it just broke a couple weeks ago. But I wore it for a year and a half, and I experimented with my sleep. Yeah. Because it had a whole sleep chart on it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize how many times you wake up every night. Disturbances, yeah. Yeah, little mm -hmm. things. And then uh, you don't even know you're awake. And it's, it comes up real shallow, you know, and I didn't. So I experimented with uh, whether it was tea or a melatonin or, uh, you know, uh, what I would do just before, whether it was reading or TV or so if I could. So if I watched uh, like a television thing mm. right before I went to sleep, my sleep, my actual sleep efficiency went down. Mm. And I found if I was reading for at least 30 minutes before yeah, I was your brain winds down and gets into yeah. deep rooms. And, and you're right. So now then the other thing is, are you reading print or are you reading on uh, a, tablet. a tablet? And is that tablet have blue lights? Or exactly. Is that tablet so now you've got to have. So now. So we bought. So my wife and I bought uh, glasses because we both wear glasses. They had the blue filter on them. Is what I'm wearing right yeah, here. Yeah, there I you got, go. I got 2012 vision, man. I don't need these. 2012. That's like a baseball player. Yeah, dude. Yeah, my right is 2012, and this one's wow. 2020. I wear these for for blue lights because I'm on my phone quite a bit during yeah, the day. It's like exactly. it's literally my computer. It's my camera. It's my microphone. So what was fascinating to me, there was a book called Rest. Uh, secular book came out about four years ago by a doctor out of um, I think he's out of the East Coast somewhere, but uh, I actually DM'd him. And he DM'd me back because it was such a great book. It's just called Rest. And it was on the power of sleep. Yeah. And one of the things he said that, that I was surprised me was your brain is actually using 95% of the energy it uses when you're awake, yeah. when you're asleep. Mm. Because it's what it's doing is assimilating all of the things that happened to you that day. Because everything that ever happened to you is in your brain. That's why I believe, Stephen, the power of the washing of the water of the word. That's why I believe in the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit, because I believe there are things that have happened to us, things we've done that could sit in there and actually be so toxic mm. that it'd be like this mold inside the walls that you don't see, but you know something's wrong. Yeah. You're not breathing right. Mm. But I believe the washing of the water of the word. I believe that the power and anointing of God can wash away those things out of a man's heart and life. Mm. I believe that in a in the brain, 
the things we've discovered. I believe we're going to discover someday that there are people who are followers of Christ and they're going to be able to figure it out and look at the brain and say, yeah, you know that memory you had that happened with you when you were eight? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not there. Gone. Yeah, by the yeah. power of God, man. Yeah. Yeah. But see, the real thing for us right now is sleep, fitness. What's the most important thing in terms of fitness? I would say, I don't want to overwhelm people. Right. Like, I would say sleep mastery. Like you asked the question and I kind of mentioned easy things like drink, drink one green juice per day. Yeah. You're doing that. Like yeah. if you're not going to go to the grocery store and go get eight superfoods, get a great mixing. Yeah, that's great, what I've great, got. Delicious. And it tastes great too. Right. So yeah. that would be one of them. Um, but the second one is going to require a whole lot more intentionality and discipline. Mm. That's not discipline. It tastes good, right? You just yeah. mix it up. It takes eight seconds. Sleep mastery. Sleep hmm. mastery is going to going to require you to recondition how you wind down because that's really what sleep mastery is. It's more yeah. than just like getting a whoop. Um, it's actually coming up with a game plan and being disciplined to it and, and making it sustainable. Because I mean, if we look, if God is a God of order and you're listening to this right now and you're not taking 24 hours completely off every single week, you're actually not doing it right. Right. So, um, and for me, what that looks like is Friday at 5 PM to Saturday Mm -hmm. at 5 PM. I don't work at all. So not like I'm not like active with my family and just really engaged. I'm not like sleeping the whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, and I actually wake up at 6 a.m. on Saturday morning to go to Mighty Men Leadership. So my Sabbath means I don't work. I don't toil. I don't, don't, I'm not doing selfie videos. Not engaged in the office. Not at all. Um, And so the reason that I say that is if God is a God of order, you and I really need to learn how to work from rest, not work Mm. for rest, like working all week so we can rest. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) I mean, how familiar is that? That is so good because, uh, I, I've thought about this. You know, it says God rested on the on the seventh day. Why did God need rest? It was a model. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with God was tired. It's like, dude, I'm worn out, taking a day off. It's yeah. God. No, it, it was a model for you and me of how we're supposed to live. And uh, you know, it's 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 about uh, it's about really having a mindset and the ability to think and think clearly. So, uh, you know, let me just mention something though here. Uh, and I think this is really important. Do something every day. And if you can't do it every day, five days a week, walk. Mm. Just go walk for 20 minutes. I mean, just uh, there's a, there was a report that just came out in the UK and it was published. It said that people who walk uh, rapidly, in other words, fast walkers who go out, not joggers, not on their bicycle, just walking, but they're walking rapidly four times a week for a minimum of 20 minutes, live 10 years longer than the person who doesn't do that. Wow. Yeah, it just came out. I think uh, we were in uh, London and it came out. It was in the London, uh, one of the news reports. Yeah, I believe there. it. There's a, there's a lot of incredible studies about saunas as well. Yeah. You know, like very small installments of 20 minutes four times yeah. per week increases your longevity 12 years. Um, and they've done studies how many um, five times per week, six times per week. And wow. all, there's all these because they've been studying sauna play right. forever. Right, so right, right. that would be another tip that doesn't really require a lot of effort. Exactly. What um, about the ice bath? 
Tell me about that, man. I, I think you the actually... ice bath. I think the ice bath is great, but I also think a lot of people are like, "Oh, that's too intense for me." Um, so the three things that you know that we've talked about would yeah, be yeah. drink a green juice every single day, yeah. and not like the sweet one, and the, water. Right. Oh, for sure. A gallon. Stay of water. with water. Yeah. We, I mean, we, it's almost like I don't, I'm not trying to overcomplicate them. It's like, not complicated. Let, let's give our people three things. Yeah. Green, they're going to drink water. Green juice. Sleep mastery. Like that's mm-hmm. the one that's really going to require you to take some time after this podcast and be like, you know, what would my like phase one of sleep mastery mm-hmm. be? The first thing that I would do would be get awareness, AKA get something to track it. Yeah. If they want to use a whoop band, if they go to my Instagram, you can actually get one of these absolutely for free. Um, but there's a monthly, I think it's like $30 per month, but it's wow. fully worth it. But you can get this used to be 150 bucks and yeah. now they're giving them away for free. So, wow. um, you can do that get awareness. But then once you start to wear it for two or three weeks, um, because for about the first two weeks of it, it's going to give you kind of some weird feedback because it's learning you. And then after two weeks, you can really start to pay attention to what portions of your week really demand of you. And then you can start to really live your life like a freaking pro. For me, I knew I needed to peak one time per week for three and a half to four hours. Hmm. So what would my lifestyle need to look like in order for me to fulfill all of my responsibilities throughout the week, but then also to be the best in the, in the sharpest mentally, physically, and spiritually that I can be for four hours. What does that look like? And so I really began that. I mean, I was doing that 14 years ago, you know, because I've, I, we just celebrated the Super Bowl reunion. Ten years uh, was this year, so I went back to wow. the game. It was really cool. Don't want to get sidetracked, yeah. but I want to stay on sleep mastery. But then you you have something that is starting to give you real time feedback. So when you wake up in the morning, if you're like, oh man, I'm really just not motivated to go and do this, that, or the other, and you look at your sh- sleep tracker and you're like, oh man, I only got 18 percent recovery last night. And yeah. I only really got three and a half hours per of sleep. Yeah. You know what you can do for yourself that no men are good at at all. You can give yourself grace. <laughs> so, for real. You're laughing. You're not good at that. But my goodness, dude, you want to yeah. know why I'm successful yeah. in life up until about 35? I'm literally the hardest worker in the room. Yeah. Like adrenal fatigue is my freaking best friend, but not anymore. Yeah. Now I've reached a level in my life where I'm like, I know that my value isn't what I do. It's who yeah. I am. Wow. So I spend a whole lot more time during the so week good. working on developing yeah. myself because I know the more that I develop myself, the more that, that when I come on a podcast like this, I have to offer. I'm not here to talk about Super Bowl stories for, and, and I honor all the people that want to know those things and I'm, I'm happy to talk about them. But my real value isn't the things that happened 10 and 12 years ago. It's actually the deep revelations that I'm getting right now and the new wine that God is bringing out of me because I'm leaning into the uncomfortable. So like, what does new wine look like? Well, you got to get crushed before you get new wine. You know what I mean? And so like I'm, I'm leaning into crushing. I'm paying three different incredible men, largest amounts of money to coach me every single month in areas I suck at. I don't want to say I suck at because I don't suck at at leading myself. Come on. But like financial stewardship, Mm -hmm. buddy, you ain't met too many dudes that are as good at bringing it in as me. But if I can be honest and transparent with everybody, like managing those revenue streams and making sure that I'm tithing accurately. But that's that's some that's an area that I get to grow in as a king because if a king is to create and to steward, I'm not a pro level steward and I keep it real with myself. So if that's the case, am I going to be like, oh, I just need somebody to help me? No, you pay somebody who's a mother flipping guru and an expert, and you say, teach me your greatness. Yeah, well, keeping it real, I think that's it. That's part of it right there. 
because we have to be honest with ourselves and most of us are not honest with ourselves we are master negotiators with ourselves and we can negotiate and we, ourselves and, and we know, out of we all or know into. The, we all know the things to say to we ourselves we all know the things to say we go oh, no no no, no, no I'm okay hey buddy no, it's listen okay. it's just porn yeah, you only give yourself about deal. 10 minutes and yeah, you're not yeah, cheating yeah. on your wife and it's not all the, these <laughs> other buddies that cheat on their I wives I had a guy tell me he goes I don't go to the bad porn sites <laughs> yeah right like I go just, only go to the ones that are guaranteed to be 18 and over come on man quit justifying yourself yeah hey okay Okay, here we go. So uh, greens, green juice, sleep mastery, yeah. and third. Third, I would say find something that you enjoy. I, I'm with you mm -hmm. for walking because it's super simple. And here's yeah, the deal, yeah. guys. I don't really care if you like walking or not. God gave you a body. Yeah. You should be able to walk well. And yeah. if you walk fast enough... Man, that is that's gonna get your t your that's gonna get your heart rate get it going. from 130 Change to 150, and yeah. that's actually just so you guys know, this is a little tidbit for you, and it's common knowledge, but you mean you know common knowledge is not always so yeah, common. Yeah. No, it's not. If you want to burn fat off of your body, like your stomach, your butt, your legs, you don't get to pick where it comes from. But if you want to be in a fat burning stage, it's about 130 beats per minute to about 150 beats per minute. Yeah. And so if you guys think about it, next time that you you go get on a, if you have an apple watch that actually the whoop band tracks that for you as well yeah. that's not a plug for them just keeping yeah, yeah. it real it's a good resource um if you go and you just walk on a on a treadmill at like five percent incline at four miles per hour which is really slow it's a 15 minute walk 15 minute mile walk yeah your heart rate, I guarantee you, is going to be 140, which is exactly where you need it to be. And if you do that for 25 to 35 minutes, that is going to burn fat specifically off of your body, right? It's not going to go into, uh, it's only going to go into your adipose yeah. tissue, which is yeah. your fat okay. for, for fuel. But if you go over 150, then you get into a, then you get into a metabolic stage where it's going to go to a different area for an energy source. So you want to make sure that you're 130 to 150 and it needs to be for at least 25 minutes. And I wouldn't go longer than 45 minutes because then you'll start to tap into a different type of um, fuel. It starts, it starts fuel pulling from your muscle rather than from your fat. Not necessarily, from, right? not necessarily from your muscle. Example, okay. if you were to go in there and to do max bench press, uh -huh. let's say you do 10 sets of two reps. Okay. Two reps takes you legit six seconds, but that, that will, even if you only do it for 25 to 30 minutes, that won't burn fat. Even though your heart rate is, huh. is up there yeah. and it'll probably stay pretty high up there if you don't take that much of a break, yeah. but it won't burn body fat. Did you know that? No. It's called low intensity. You can Google this later. It's called low intensity, L-I steady state cardio, L-I-S-S. -S. Hmm. I'm a very specific range. So for a lot of you guys that look at people that are super lean and you're like, oh my gosh, you must never eat carbs and this, that, the other. No, I'm just very intentional and strategic in the zone that I, that I train in. And that way I don't have to do too much. I just do enough. Yeah. And it's a wow. really effective way to manage yourself. So I say those things to say, that's how you could walk most effectively to burn fat. And a lot of us just want to be leaner because our food supply and quality in America it's is so fat. sucks. It's yeah, terrible. Yeah. No, and we, and, and I'm with you. I don't make yeah. great food choices either, but I know how to cheat well. You know, one of the other things that I would recommend for people from a health and wellness standpoint, um, and especially if you're 28 years old mm -hmm. or older is digestive enzymes. Did you know that we make 50% less digestive enzymes from 25 to 35 years old? Mm. 
So it doesn't make sense. Like you could have a chocolate shake at like 25 and no big, no big deal. deal. And then at 35, you're like, oh my gosh, dude, dude legit, 35 is when my like stuff legit, all started you, changing. You eat it. Yeah. You, you eat it. And then two or three yeah. days later, if you eat pizza and a, yeah, and a you're shake, you're still carrying you can, it around. You can feel it, right? Yeah. It's because your body doesn't have as many naturally producing digestive enzymes inside wow. of your stomach. And so we actually have those on weatherford5.com. I feel like I'm plugging my stuff a lot. No, but, no, no. You um, didn't. You haven't done you it take, enough. If you take digestive and, enzymes, five to 10 minutes before your your biggest like richest most carb heavy crappy meal mm -hmm. have you ever wondered how the the rock can eat like four pizzas and a bunch of pancakes yeah, yeah. and he doesn't get fat well he makes sure that he takes digestive enzymes before you eat something like that so your body has what it needs to wow. break down a ridiculously rich meal like that so i'll pause right there that would be the four things that are very simple um, sleep mastery isn't simple, but it's the freaking key, no, no, man. No, if you it, want to perform really like a pro, important. you got to sleep like a pro. You know, uh, Pastor Michael Phillips, great friend of ours, uh, was in Maryland, just uh, joined uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes' uh, team staff. Uh, he's heading up, what, the urban... Uh, Did you say Pastor Michael Phillips? Yeah. Is he a pastor now? Yeah. Shut the front door. No, not Phelps. Phillips. Oh, Phillips. I was about to say. I was just, I was like, that dude's you mean a pastor. You the gold medals? Man, yeah. dude, hey, bro, we are about to bring some dudes to Jesus for real. <laughs> anyway, his deal. And no offense, not, not, that, not that Pastor Phillips isn't doing that too. But. Huh? T.D. Jakes Foundation. T.D. Jakes Foundation. Heads yeah. that up. Uh, he and his wife, uh, amazing couple. And, uh, but he, he wrote a book. Uh, what's, what's the book called? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up. Uh, wrong lanes have right turns. Wrong lanes have right turns. Okay. So, but his, his deal was growing up, his dad was a pastor. So I'm going to come back. I'm coming back to this. He was a, a great basketball prospect. In fact, he, he was a D1 player at Virginia. But he got mad at God because his dad died young. But the reason his dad died young is because his dad never took care of himself physically. Mm. And he got, you know, it's that thing of, you know, we're just going to preach and we're going to do this for God. And, and, and we bypass the fitness. And I'm telling you, it's one of the big things right now. Bishop Dale Bronner, who's the chairman of our board, one of the things that, that he's believed very strongly in his own family and they're practicing it, he believes in the power and the strength and the need for grandparents and how important grandparents mm. will be in the culture going forward. Mm. And you think about fatherlessness and the fatherless young men in our culture, and you think about men who are there who are followers of Christ, like a Matt Hubbard or a, or a Steve Weatherford, who are actually going to be able to speak into the lives of friends of your sons, mm. right, mm -hmm. and their kids, because it's... Uh, uh, my friend uh, who pastors in, uh, pastors in Jackson, Mississippi, and uh, he's, I, I, we were talking about the issues in the, in the culture there. And he said, uh, the issues, there's no, there's no grandfathers on the front porches anymore. Mm. No, no grandfathers on the front porches. And I said, what was that? He said, well, that was how culture in his, where he grew up in a black community. Mm. He said, that's how basically it was policed. Yeah. In that sense, neighborhood, that's, neighborhood watch, and that's yeah, how they got fathered. The grandfathers, yeah, on the on the front porch. He said, they're, they're, he said we, and we talk about it. We talk about the fact that he just said, man, those guys now they all still think they're players. <laughs> you know, it's the Viagra syndrome, is yeah. what we call it, the Viagra yeah. syndrome. Yeah. Guy still thinks he's a player, but it's all chemicals. Yeah, 
You know, so talking to Steve Weatherford, we're talking about real life stuff. And I thank you for being on Brave Men today and uh, going through some of these things. Uh, Weatherford5.com, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Fitness and all those things. You've also got uh, one of the things you've done is a metabolic reset. Is that Mm -hmm. right? What is it? Yes, about four years ago. um, Well, actually, shoot, man, it was almost six years ago. So five and a half years ago, I got a phone call from Muscle and Fitness and and they asked me, hey, um, can you be ready for a photo shoot in 36 days? We'd love for you to be on the November issue. And this is like in May. And you're in your 30s now. Oh, yeah. I was 30, 30, 32 and a half, (laughs) 33. And uh, I had just moved to California and I had been living off of hotel food with the kids for a month and a half. And I was bigger than I'd ever been. Not fat, but I was was 250 pounds. Yeah. And uh, and this is my big shot. And so (laughs) as soon as I got the phone, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm in great shape. I'll totally be ready. I'm good. So I got off of the phone (laughs) and and I called my friend. I'm like, dude, we need to put a, a team together because... I, I need nutrition. I need to make sure that the training that I do, that's how I learned all of this low intensity, steady state cardio as mm-hmm. I work with a bunch of specialists mm-hmm. for a program to create for me. And I got so much and I shared the whole journey because I just told people on social media, I'm like, oh my gosh, I just got the most amazing phone call, but I'm freaking out because I'm, I'm not shredded <laughs> right now, but I was big and strong. So I knew I just needed to lose a lot of fat in 33 days. So we put this game plan together and it was cool. I documented the whole thing. I took wow. drug, drug tests so people could wow. tell I wasn't yeah, taking yeah. anything yeah. and everything. Um, and just so everybody knows, I'm 39 years old right now and I'm not natural. So, yeah. um, but I was natural at the time. And um and it was an unbelievable transformation. And so like they wrote articles about it and everything. And so after I got done, people were like, man, what, what plan did you do? And I was like, I pretty much just had it written yeah, down like written, this, yeah. you know, yeah, from yeah. three different doctors. Yeah. And I said, well, dude, give me about six weeks and I'll, I'll formulate this into three different categories. So wow. you can, based upon your body type, you can choose a nutrition plan yeah. and do the exact protocol of supplements. Because I would take supplements at three different times, you know, in a very intentional way, because a lot of people might get the supplements, go to this, even go to my store and go buy the supplements. But unless you're taking the correct dosage, at the correct time Hmm. Um, and some things need to like digestive enzymes if you take those at night after you've eaten they're not going to help you at all you're going to waste them so you need to know how to take the supplements exactly digestive enzymes take them five to five to ten minutes before and it will change your life but if you take them after you're wasting your money so to be able to map how to actually how to take supplements so people maybe they are taking the right supplements but maybe they're taking them the wrong way and they're frustrated so to be able to map everything out for everybody um, and and share it with them what really worked well for me according to doctors that put it together for me I believe gave people a lot of assurance because I'd already played in the NFL I wasn't trying to like money grab people come up with some gym gym bro program you know it was actually something that come up with some gimmick it's like self-help books because it's like why do they write more every year because the other one didn't work that well well how many and they had a new idea how many leadership coaches and like expert gurus in these different areas have popped up on the internet in the last Dude. five years. Oh my it's God. unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't tell you how many people, and I'm not like offended by it. I get it. It's branding. It's marketing. Yeah. How many people have in like their Instagram bio, and I can speak to this because I played there. 
professional athlete. And then I'll yeah. like, I'll be like, oh man, I had no idea. My friend was a professional athlete and I'll look it up and he played in a league that you had to buy your own tennis shoes and you didn't make money. <laughs> but other people paid money to come. So technically you say you're a pro. I'm like, buddy. But people are doing uh, that in regards uh, to their yeah. leading men yeah. with like but a, you know a what? preferential. We do, yeah, but here's the deal. We do that with everything in this world. 100%. I mean, listen, when I, when I first the got internet, married and internet yeah, just sprouts them when up I, everywhere. When I was first, when we were first married, I was a carpenter. And, uh, so I did the, the deal. You go down and you're uh, in apprentice one or apprentice two, you got to take these tests. And then I found out there were guys that were buying their journeyman cards so they could go on a, on a project, on a job as a carpenter and, and make three times as much money. Yeah. And they would just pay for those things. And I remember one of them, and uh, I think the way that we discovered it is because he was cutting uh, an opening for some uh, sheet metal that was coming in for ducting, for air ducting. And he was on the third floor of, uh, that's, you know, when somebody gets hurt, you know, when a guy gets hurt, it's always funny when it happens to somebody else, right? Mm. So it's like, it's like those videos of guys getting hit in the nuts, and we all laugh. And my wife looks at one of them and she goes, why is that funny? I go, because it happened to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, this guy cut a whole opening. But the problem is when he cut the opening with the school saw, he cut it. He stood in the middle, cut a square. Mm. And when he cut the fourth cut, fell down two floors. Right. Now, he was okay. He's all scraped and all this kind of stuff. But it was hilarious. And right then, the foreman on the job goes, dude, where'd you get that journeyman card? (laughs) Right? We all do that. I don't care what the profession is. We're all playing these games, and that's why we have to keep it real. What became real after this God experience in raising your family? Six children now. What became real? Yeah. What The game plan. Yeah. Real simply, the game plan. And, like, what did it look like to go pro as a father? Mm. What did it look like to go pro as a husband? What did it go? What did it look like to go pro and leading myself when people weren't around? Yeah. You know, like what does it look like to be a man of integrity, honor and accountability? Like those were three things that to me, um, you know, when I had that radical God moment, I went back to my family. And the one thing that I didn't share and, and tie up about that weekend, the reason it was even more cathartic than just Keith coming back into my life, is later on that weekend, we took those burdens, you know, uh, and we took the, the, the lust board. and the porn and the pills. And I was one of the leaders on the team. And so I prayed with, you know, 15, 20 guys. We had 50 guys on our team. And they, you know, pray for them, bind and rebuke these things in Jesus' name. And they yeah. throw it into the fire, right? Yeah. And then I was about to... It's a huge bonfire. I was, I was about to just take mine off tall, and, yeah. and, and throw it in, right? Because I was a leader. And then some guy that I don't remember who it is, I couldn't even tell if he walked up to me. He's like, hey, can I pray with you before you throw that wow. in? And I was like, yes. Yeah. And it wasn't like some amazing prayer where like fire came down or anything yeah. like that. So... um it was just real simple. It was just him and I came into agreement that these things don't belong in my life anymore. It was brotherhood. And, and, and the, the, the picture I want people to see is, is there was an exchange made. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like, hey, I'm yeah. throwing this board that has porn and pills and, mm-hmm. and lust and worthiness into the fire that I, like, yes, I don't want them anymore, but the prayer was an exchange. Mm. Like, when you give this up, Steve, what are you willing to exchange for it? Mm. And I wanted peace. And I wanted purpose. 
I had per, I, I had pursued performance and results, mm-hmm. and then and it didn't fulfill me. Right. Um, and that was a really powerful moment where things wow. shifted for me. Where porn was never a place that I went to uh, again. And I went home and I told my wife, and she knew that porn yeah, was yeah. a part of my yeah. life. But I went and I had a real conversation with her. I'm like, this is out of the basement of my life. Yeah. Forever. Wow. And this is what I'm committed to doing. And this is who I'm committed well to being. And this is how I'm going to get down. And I think me making that declaration, but also in, in enrolling her into mm-hmm. being, being the one that's the rib, the one that's yeah. protecting me, protecting yeah. my vital organs, yeah. my heart and my lungs. And also protecting breathe, your vulnerability, breathing life yeah. into my lungs, because here's the deal. You know, if men listening to this right now, about 90, nine out of 10 of us have an issue with this. So for you, for you, 10 percenters, just relax and have a drink of water right now. But for you, Uh, nine out of tenors, man, don't think you can do this alone. Don't think you can just get with men. And part of getting with men is really that analogy that I shared with you all earlier about the mold. Mm -hmm. Like mold can't survive in the light. Yeah. But if you leave it down in that dark and damp, the, you know, the basement that yeah. nobody goes down to, nobody says, Hey, I'm gonna have a get together. I'll meet y'all down in the basement. You don't bring people down there. You don't bring them down there by your porn collection yeah. or by your bad habits yeah. or by, or down there by the fact that you got abused when you were 12 years old or the fact that, you know, because of that, you thought conquering women would make you not gay. Like yeah. whatever, whatever your story is, that's mine. But whatever your story is, yeah, everybody's got a story. You, you get to own it, but then yeah. you get to release it because Amen. I really believe that God has something so big for each and every one of us that you can't fully receive what God has for you if mm-hmm. you're holding on to yesterday, if you're holding yeah. on to what was done to you, if you're holding on to the coping mechanism that you created because of it, like you get to release and let go of those things. And then you can fully receive what it is that God has for you. And I'm actually getting to experience like heaven on earth in areas of my life where I didn't think that my marriage could ever be this way. Like so I it changed so ever. that, so what happened, your mind, the mindset changed was it changed the game plan on your marriage. Yeah. Game plan with parenting. So now you're parenting on purpose. Oh yeah. Right? Not, even, not even just on purpose, but intentionally yeah. parenting on purpose. You know, like what does it look like to take pictures every Sunday, not to just have a cute video, right? but the fact that that's what you're going to do every Sunday. And because of that, you're going to create something that's actually going to be legacy for other yeah. families. Cause they're going to wow. be like, dang, this dad, this dad said at, at 27, I'm going to take pictures every Sunday for the rest of my life yeah. because I want to prove to people. And here's what it will prove. And I believe this in Jesus name. It will prove that my life was not a fluke. It will prove that my excellence is followable. It mm-hmm. will prove that it's not proprietary to Weatherford's. Yeah. Because all the other people that are touched because of my family. And when I say my family, it's because we're committed to righteousness. We're not perfect, but we have core values that we don't get off of. Right. Man, the Weatherfords are core values. Yeah. We are a disciplined. Non-negotiable. Yeah. We are a disciplined and fearless family that honors and grows always in always with the joyful spirit of excellence. So discipline, fearlessness, honor, growth joyfulness and excellence. Those are things that like my kids, even down at, to four years old and my little girl golden, she's still figuring it out. But the point is, is they all know our family's mission statement. It's not memorized so we can be like the, uh, Von, the Von Trapp uh, family. No, they memorize it because that's the thing they use to guide themselves. Mm-hmm. They need to know what fearlessness looks like. It gives them their true North. You're never going to die. Yeah. You know, 
You're never going to die. If you've received Jesus, you can walk in full authority and full boldness of a lion because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So just letting them know the meaning behind those words according to us. Yeah. Because I'm the king of my family, so I'm the one that gives meaning to meaning. So those for those core values, they don't get to give meaning to them. I've given meaning to them for us, right. and I believe that will be the followable excellence. If God takes me home on my way home from this interview, my, my family gets it, and they know it. So it's almost like a constitution the intentional them father. that will allow them. That'll, like my wife, she'll probably wonder, well, how do I raise them by myself now? Use the mission statement and the yeah. core, core values yeah. that I've left you. And like for me, this is not for my family. This is just for me. And I like encourage other men to do this as well as like, what are those core values that if you implored those and enrolled those and practiced those and trained those into your life that would unlock you. Mm. And for me, it was integrity. It was honor and it was accountability. And the reason it was those three things is because I wasn't those three things. Mm. You know, when Keith came into my life and a little bit before he came into my life, I was broken, beaten and defeated because my Wikipedia page was jacked, loaded. It was amazing, but I felt the way that I felt. Mm -hmm. And so I, on my own, decided I have to change things because I've already checked so many boxes. There's not going to be another box that's going to fix this God-sized hole inside of me. So it was a combination of awaken. And those moments of mm -hmm. me coming back every seven days and getting refilled back up and then just being desperate to go back to men's perks. I'm like, ah, I'm dying, right? But you'd get refilled back up. But what happens in between there? You have to lead yourself. And so I got really serious about leading myself. And what does that look like? I woke up every single morning and I said, at the end of today, if I can look in the mirror and say, my name's Steve Weatherford, I'm a man of integrity, honor, and, and accountability. accountability, and I'm a son and a warrior of the one most high. And what I just explained to everybody listening is that's the who and the who's that I am. That's my identity yeah. and that's my purpose. And so if I can get really clear on my identity, I'm not Steve Weatherford, the Super Bowl champion. I'm not Steve Weatherford, uh, the sexual abuse survivor. Yeah. I'm not Steve Weatherford, the porn yeah. addict. I'm not Steve yeah. Weatherford. You're the, not an ex anything. I'm, I'm not any of those Second things. Corinthians 5, 17. New yeah. creation. God chose me. God named me. I'm a me. new creation. And so here's the one thing that I want everybody yeah. to know. If you don't name yourself, the world will do it for you. You said it earlier, Romans 12, too. Yeah. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the, the renewing, renewing of, of your, your mind. mind. Right? And so that's what I needed to do. I needed a renewing of my mind. And guess what? God said, you got to do it with me. So every single day, I woke up every single morning and looked at the mirror. And I had a, I had a, a poem on my mirror, it's still on my mirror, it will be on my mirror till the day that I die. It's a poem called Choose Your Heart. Mm. And next to Choose Your Heart, I had my declaration of independence. What's gonna make you different now, Steve? Well, I am a man of integrity, honor, and accountability. I'd make myself say that to myself at the beginning of the day and then at the end of the day. And there were some days at the beginning, once or twice in a month, that I felt like I went through my whole calendar of the day and I was a man of integrity, honor, and accountability. I'm telling you what, Pastor, that felt so good. Like better than any trophy. Yeah. Because yeah. I had uh, done something that I hadn't done before. I had grown in an area that I was uncomfortable. And so that was the thing that made me different than who I was before because I was already saved. And so what I did was I gamified my decision making. I yeah. gamified the way that yeah. I invested my time, my talents, and my treasures. And at the end of the day, that's what God cares about from us. Your time, your talents, your treasures, and your heart. So where were mine? 
I knew that they were misaligned, but every single day I realigned myself, I realigned myself. And it's a, it's a habit, it's a muscle. So it says a renewing of your mind, but really what I'm hearing is it's a renewing of your mind, but how do you renew something? You recondition it. Mm-hmm. You know, you get out that sandpaper, you get out that Bible every single day <laughs> Come on, man. and you just rub it just a little bit, yeah, not yeah, until it bleeds, yeah, yeah. not until it bleeds. Yeah. But I've been, I've been rubbing that sandpaper yeah. for, for five years right now. And I'm dude, the one thing I'm excited about being with you is like, you know, way more about God than I do. You know what I mean? So like I started out I've and, messed I, up and I was like, hey, yeah. yeah, but you're swayed though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Think about it. Like yeah. what is suede? Suede's soft and it's nice. And yeah. people, people can get fooled by suede. But suede started out as, sal- as, as saddle leather. You know what I mean? Right. It's been conditioned. It's been renewed. It's been stained. It's been treated. Yeah. And that's what you are. It's been years and decades in this process. And so that's how that speaks to me. So I don't want to go off on like a crazy tirade. But for everybody that's listening to me, I know. Like, I know there's a reason why I'm here. Mm-hmm. I know that there, why there's a reason why you're hearing my yeah, voice. On, like, you probably have some mold in your basement yeah, because on. we all do. Yeah. And so really the reason that I feel like I'm here, and I hope you don't mind me doing this, is, man, I'm giving you permission yeah. to go down into the basement yeah. right now and pull those things Come out. Come on, man. Like, those things that have been, like, continually being yeah. those shackles or those chains and yeah. those things that you hang on to, God wants you to release them right now, and He wants you to open your hands up. He wants you man. to have a defining moment. He wants you to have that that moment where you take that, that, that burden off of your back, which is all those things that you don't belong and you don't want to take back from, from that Bethel moment. You can have a Bethel moment now and throw that into the fire. And the only way that you can have true and permanent change isn't reading note cards or scriptures every single day. Day, is laying that down and giving that to somebody else that can actually carry the weight. And the crazy thing is, is like God's been waiting for you to do this. The price has already been paid. You've already been justified. You've already been renewed. You just have to, you just have to do something. You have to take an action. If there's a, I've got a riddle for you. There's three frogs on a log. One of them decides to jump off. How many frogs are on that log? If you're thinking to your mind right now where there's two, because one of them decided to jump off, making a decision doesn't get it done. There's still three frogs on that log. You need to make a decision and then to take action. So get it out of the basement, whatever that thing is, and make an exchange, not just lay it down. Jesus paid the price for you. And so now you get to be the beneficiary of his greatness. You get to be Mm. the beneficiary of him being the son of God and him already doing it for you. So if you don't make this the decision right now, it's actually wasted because God already did it. It's like God paying for dinner for you. But then you saying like, "Mm, uh, I don't want to eat it and just letting it sit there. Well, guess what? It will be continue to sit there for the rest of your life because it's already been paid for. So what I'm asking you to do is pull your chair into the table because God has already prepared a place for you and, and he, he has already anointed you. He has already named you. He already knows the hairs on your head. He already knows that you're a man of integrity, honor and accountability. He wants to partner with you so you can be a better version of that. So I want to read this poem to, for you that I'm actually going to, I'm going to text you guys. If you, um, if you text the number 949-763-5934 and just send me Say the, that again. 949-763-5934. And I'm sure that we can put a link in the show yeah, yeah, notes. Yeah. Um, but this poem is called Choose Your Heart. I have it printed out to this day and uh, I read it every single morning and it helps me 
to recalibrate. Mm-hmm. Life is going to be hard either way, man. I've been an and addict. Life's fast. I've been an addict and I've had moments where I feel like God couldn't be yeah. more proud of yeah. me. Every, every part of that was hard. Yeah. Yeah. So this poem is, uh, is by my mentor, Keith Kraft. Being your best is hard. Being normal is hard. Making wise decisions is hard. Making bad decisions is hard. Being in shape is hard. Being out of shape is hard. Losing weight is hard. Being fat is hard. Working out is hard. Being weak is hard. Being disciplined is hard. Being lazy is hard. Getting outside of your comfort zone is hard. Staying in your comfort zone and never changing is hard. Starting a business is hard. Working for somebody else is hard. Making a lot of money is hard. Making a little bit of money is hard. Being rich is hard. Being poor is hard. Man, hear me when I say this, guys. Having great relationships is hard. Having bad relationships is hard. Fighting for your marriage. It's hard, man. It's real hard. Divorce is hard. And I know men hear me when I say that. Living on purpose is hard. Living off of purpose is hard. Doing life God's way is hard. I've done it the other way for 36 years, guys. Doing life your own way is hard. Everything is hard. We have to choose our hard. And I want every man, if you want to have a reconditioning of your mind, read that every single day. It's not scripture, but it's going to point you in the right direction yeah. because you know, either way is going to be hard. Yeah. So let's be the types of men that when, before we even brush our teeth, we remind ourselves who we are according to God and that, that there's a decision to make, which hard do you want? Well, and, that, what that does is lean us and men are like trees. We tend to fall us. the way we're leaning. And so that's it. It gets us leaning that way. And that's the way we're going to fall. No, that's, that's, that's re- fantastic. That's man. really good. So, Thank you, Steve. so, so, so the mold part of this guys is I don't want to just, you know, explain the difference between religion and relationship and, and talk to you about my, my moment and my story. Like I want you to have the beginning of your own story. You can have your Super Bowl moment tonight. You can have your defining moment, the day that every single thing changed. And the, and the picture that I feel like God's putting in my mind right now is, I don't know if you guys have seen that movie, the matrix, you know, when Morpheus stands before Neo and Neo is like the freaking, he's the chosen one. And that's how I feel like God thinks about you. He, he loves you. You are the mm-hmm. one to him. To me, that was like so overwhelming, but he feels a way about you. Yeah. You are the one, but I'm standing before you right now and I'm Morpheus and I have a blue pill and I have a red pill. If you take this blue pill, you can just go on to the next podcast. You could stop it right now. And in the movie, Neo would go down to the car and he would get in it. And he knew that he would wake up and he would forget this and his life would go back to how it's always been. And that's, you have that choice to do that. Or you could take this red pill and Morpheus says, if you take this red pill, you can never go back. You can never go back, but you will, things will be revealed to you and you will have access to all of the wonders and all of the mysteries of what this life is about. So Neo grabs that red pill. And the only reason that you know about this movie is because Neo decided to do it. He decided (laughs) to be a man of freaking action, not just Mm -hmm. a decider, but a doer. And I know this is a made up movie, but I'm, I'm setting the context for you in your life. If you want to be the superhero in your story, don't just make a decision, like take action. And you're asking yourself, well, what does take action look like? I don't know if you've ever stepped into a relationship and you've heard of Jesus and maybe you're listening to this for, for leadership tactics, but I'm telling you this, man, I've done it every kind of way that you can in leadership. And I've ever done, I've tried to win every single kind of way. There's only one way to permanent change. There's only one way to fix that God sized hole inside of you. And his name is Jesus. And it's really simple. So if you're listening, if you're in your car yeah, go or for you're it. in the yeah, gym, go for it. Like, I just want you to pull your car over right now. And I just want you to, to sit here for a minute. I'm going to give you a second to do that 
because this is the most important decision that you'll ever make. And simply what you're doing right now is just acknowledging that Jesus is the son of God and he lived a perfect life and he came here to forgive us of our sins, to mm -hmm. make a sacrifice, to die on the cross willingly. And he died and he rose again. He defeated the grave to make an exchange mm -hmm. for us. So whatever that thing is that's in the basement, come on, he wants it. He wants to take it. He's already paid the price. But the thing is, is he wants to make an exchange with you. He wants to give you peace. He wants to give you grace. He wants to give you forgiveness. He wants to give you an abundant life. But you can't receive what you don't believe. So if you believe that Jesus is the son of God mm -hmm. and you say right now, I know that I'm incomplete. I know that I'm broken. I know that I'm not enough, but I repent of my sins. And really sins are just all the times that we missed the mark, all the times that we weren't perfect, all the times you missed the aim of being who you, you know God wanted you to be. So repenting of your sins and receiving him as your Lord and your savior. This is the only way to permanent change. And so if, 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 you're, if you're praying that prayer right now, I want you to know that angels are rejoicing. That's the most important decision that you'll ever make. All of your tomorrows will be different. And yeah. you, just, you just welcomed yourself yeah. into a club that's yeah. undefeated, a club yeah. that can't die, a, a club that has favor yeah. more than any, anything Family. else. So um, I honor you if you prayed that prayer. And, and here's the deal. If you're already a Christian I want, and you, and you want to recommit yourself to being a man on fire, one of my favorite quotes is from D.L. Moody. And he said, and I think, you'd be surprised and the world has yet to see hmm. what God can do with a man fully submitted. Let's be those men. He said, also, we should be so on fire for God that people come to watch us burn. I think that was John Wesley. Oh, the Wesley, yeah. John Wesley said, light yourself on fire. Light yourself and, and on people fire. people will come from miles around to see you burn. See and you I'd burn. like to add on top of that, and they'll, and they'll come closer for warmth. Yeah. Because people want to see somebody yeah. who believes something. Yeah. And truly, I believe more in this than anything else that I've ever experienced because I've done all the dopamine kicks and I've achieved all of the, I've climbed mountains, I've won Super Bowls, mm -hmm. I've done these things. And every single time that I go back to do it the second time, it's never as good. Mm. Jesus Christ is the only thing that gets better the deeper you go. Yeah. So if you made that decision, I honor you. Um, it's such a pleasure to be here. I'm not saying that the, the show has to go over, but I felt like uh, God wanted me to go there, man. So no, thank that you was for awesome. giving me the liberty. If you need uh, tools for resources uh, for discipling men, you can find them at Christian Men's Network, cmn.men. If you've got uh, comments about this or questions, you can yeah. write to me at paul at cmn.men. And uh, Chris Shields, who's here, Bruce uh, Robox, who's here in the studio with us, will respond to that. Make sure you get get responded to if you want tools materials weatherford five now when you say five it's the number five yep right yep. so weatherford5.com for veritas for the supplements and uh and then the phone number we'll put in the show notes so they can get that uh, uh choose your heart poem yeah choose your heart i think it's fantastic yeah thank you hey steve thanks man thanks for being here today. it's a pleasure to be thanks here man it, it, it was an honor to be here thank you for being thanks an for encourager you. to me he's not just the guy that says hey come be on my podcast and never hears from me again he's been encouraging me from yeah. afar for for a while man so it's awesome to find yeah. to get yeah. with you and the weatherford five uh that's your website so you got to keep it but you're weatherford six now 
You're right. right. Might be well six seven. Kids, who knows, who knows? man? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, bro. Keep bringing it. It's it. And uh, Lord bless you in what you do. And we pray that the Lord keeps you deep within the grip of his favor and grace. Come on. And that, that uh, the blessings of God overwhelm your life and that his face shines upon you. Mm. Amen. Amen. I receive it. All right. Love you, bro. Love bless you, man. Too, Thank man. you. See you. You've just experienced Brave Man with Paul Lewis Cole. Paul is president of the Christian Men's Network. Connect with Paul at cmn.men or write to him at paul at cmn.men.